have that lit too, Diane. You know? Because it's Saturday and the thing is happening, the things we do. The things we do? On Saturdays. You like my socks, Diane? Huh? Wow, where are those from? I think Jake gave those to me. Wow. I could be wrong. It could have been somebody else. Could have been Mug. I don't always wear these kind of socks. You know why, Diane? Because they're like compression socks. I mean, they're super tight. And a lot of times when I take them off at night, it's like my leg goes wonk right in here. Wonk? Right at the top. Yeah, it, it goes, goes wonk? It's because I'm old. Oh. And you know, I think when you're old, fluids... I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. ...tend to settle. Oh, yeah. ...in your lower extremities. Yeah, ham and eggs. Because I of gravity. I like those socks. They're quite... I like the, the red at the tip of the toe and the heel. Yes. They are quite nice. You know what it reminds me of? What? Reminds me of it's 8.56 a.m. Saturday, February the 12th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do it that long. What the heck? This is all cattywampus. What, what, what? What happened? What do you mean it's cattywampus? What? Was it crooked in there or something? Yeah, it was crooked No, in there. well, what the heck? Can't have that. Can't have that, Diane. Throws the whole world off. It does. Maybe it was the world that was crooked, and then that thing was straight. Now look what you did. All the wax is going to run over to one side. I didn't even know you were recording earlier. I didn't really? know. Yeah, well, you were talking about your socks and well, stuff. Well, you know, like hey, I'm telling you, sometimes you just got to do it that way. It's got to be kind these, of, you know. These are the these, important conversations that we have. That's right. These are the preparatory things. See, we clear these off so that we've got, you know, nothing but, you know, grit and grist and substance <laughs> left grit over. Grit and grist. Grit and grist and substance. <laughs> what? Gritty grist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good, Joe, right there, right there, my friend. That's the good stuff. So, another uh, slow week here in Lake Barbiturate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Over to you, Diane. You really? <laughs> I, I've, I've thought of two or three things, but they're not cheerful. So let's let's move on. Let's move on. Yes. I think David? that, well, I'm just thinking about the week and, oh. um, well, I mean, I had good conversations with people. I mean, we had the Westminster basement and the fellowship of the rocks last weekend, and, um, stuff like that there. And, uh, so I had good, we had good contact and, uh, we've been listening to yippy skippy music all week, which is great. I like yippy skippy music. I like listening to it. I've been listening to it over and over and over and over. Have All this really? yippy skippy stuff is making me crazy. What? I didn't know you were listening to it oh, over like, and over and over. Well, I like that one song, the one I picked out. I mean, I like all of them, but I mean, I've listened to that one over and over again just because I just love the way it moves. We are speaking not only of um, the music that we chose today, but of the... Yeah. Afterglow of the interview that yeah. we had that we, we talked about last, last week, week. Yeah. right? And I'm deep into that because I am transcribing the uh, inter the interview that we had, and 
out of all the things that I do in my working on on articles, the transcribing is the most laborious of yeah, the. But it's fun also because you get to listen it's, back. It is quite fun. The yeah. the only thing I wish is that I had that when I was a legal secretary, yeah. or I should say, oh, you had a foot pedal. I had a foot pedal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've I wish thought. I had that. And it, you could rewind, right. you know, you hit one side to rewind and one other side to you fast could, forward. You could still be typing. And, and, yeah. 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 So right now I, I basically listen to a little piece, type it, then re-listen to make sure I got it correctly transcribed. And But man, <laughs> working with this one has been just such a joy because... So much of this conversation, everybody was laughing. Yeah, and, uh, and just the excitement, you know, it was like it, the as the memories came back, they were excited by them and stuff like that. It was just I don't know. For those of you who may have missed last week's episode, we're talking about Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonder String Man. Yeah, which is Greg and Jerry Canote, the Canote Brothers. Uh, I have to say, there's yeah. something very magical about. A lot of the connections we have in our lives. Yes. And it was displayed during this particular time because I don't know why I was thinking about Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonder String Band for my next first album. Why this timing of mm-hmm. it was the timing. But it turns out that we go last weekend to pick up the cassette tape right. from Greg right. and they had, he had to really search around for that mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was readily at hand and we find out while we were over there we may have heard uh, well we heard it in the interview too maybe but we heard about that they were doing a documentary about the right. uh, that Larry Edelman a documentary maker is doing a documentary about the Canote brothers right right and so we Bill takes the time to digitize the cassette tape and and which do was a, not very labor intensive. No, but you did a little tinkering with it. Yeah, yeah. To make it sound the best you Trying can. Trying to get rid of some a, of the tape hiss. And yeah. The fact is that on cassette decks, the alignment of the playback head determines whether the stereo is even or not. Now a lot of recordings they'd go right side heavy. I don't know why they do that. But it may just be because that's the way cassette works. Because when I turned it over to side two, it was left side heavy. Wow. So I was just trying to compensate for that a little bit with the pan pot. And I only did it a little bit. I didn't make them dead even. But, um, you know, because you don't know how they mixed them. Maybe they mixed it, you know, one side heavier on purpose. A lot of times they do that. Anyway, uh, it was a couple of technical passes and... Then it was ready to go. Then you so I was it. thrilled to hear the the record again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just was so it was so exciting, really, for me, and reminded me of the one of my favorite songs, which we will talk about closer to the music because it's the one that I wanted to choose. Right. And uh, however, the back to the the <laughs> timing of this. Yes. Oh, right. The documentary is in the process of being made. They are they already have some footage, I think. Right. And you sent the tracks to 
Greg, well, I think you, we just sent the first track just so they could hear it. Right. And Greg Canote was really happy with the way it sounded. I, we were feeling like, oh, it sounds okay. Yeah. Um, I'd, having never heard the original recording, I did not have a, a reference in my mind about it. Um, but it sounded pretty good. I was glad that taking some of the hiss out did not make the music sound weird. Because oftentimes when you try to take the noise out of a recording, it can affect the, the whole thing, you know. Tape Hiss or Not, we thought it sounded good yeah. and uh, send it on to... Greg. Greg. And, well, I think we I send it on to everybody. Uh, Sandy, Jerry, and Greg. Yeah, the first song. And then... Greg was really pleased with the way that it sounded. Uh, they all were happy to hear it again. And then um, and then you received a request whether... From, from Greg as to whether I could send the, all the tracks to Larry, who was making the film. So I put all the WAV files up in Dropbox and I shared it with everybody here. But I thought, now that's really interesting, that all of a sudden... There's a documentary being made that needs some of these tracks to represent Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonders. Right. And all of a sudden we're doing this? Yeah, it's true. And that was 40 years ago that that album came out. So Greg and Jerry were 31 years old when that album came out. I don't know how old Sandy was. but yeah. And then later in the week, I get a, an invitation from Greg to... The Portland Roadhouse Independent Film Festival that is going to be held on Zoom. And in that film festival, Larry Edelman is going to show some previews really? of the documentary. Really? Like 30 minutes of the preview, of a preview. So to kind of get everybody's interest yeah. level up. Yeah. And I thought, wow, the timing of this is, is just so beautiful. Uh, that we were able to provide the the tape tracks that we'll be able to talk about this, at, you know, for any of our listeners who like this kind of music or know about the Canope Brothers, there's going to be this film festival. And we, if you have an interest, uh, we'll send you the the information because it sounds like it'll be a an interesting film festival anyway. It's an independent it's, it's film festival. It's called the what now? It's called the Portland Roadhouse Independent Film Festival. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's fortuitous, and it's uh, it's enlivening. And I think what we got here, Diane, is that our it's been our good fortune to meet some magical creatures in our lives. I think Cat Eggleston is a magical creature. I think Neil Woodall is definitely a magical creature, and I think the Canote Brothers are magical creatures. And that's one of the reasons that Sandy was so full of gratitude to them during the interview, you know, talking about how lucky she felt to have been able to work with these guys for so long. It's because she gets to hang out with magical creatures. Because they, well, they are magical creatures. I'm she kept you. saying how they were irresistible. Yeah. And I would say that that is the truth. They well, are that's irresistible. that's one of the earmarks of a magical creature. For those of you who like this kind of music... Not only is the Canope, it's called the Canope Brothers Story, scenes from the new Larry Edelman film, 
And it says, The Knope Brothers' story by Larry Edelman gives us an intimate look into the remarkable bond of identical twins Greg and Jerry Knope. Sharing genetically matched musical mastery and joyful spirit, they spread happiness and optimism to all they meet. The film illustrates their journey from infancy to festival favorites as they take their place in the rich tradition of singing brother duets. But they also, in the same festival of film, have a, a film called Paid to Eat Ice Cream, Bob McQuillan and the New England Contradancing. Paid to Eat Ice Cream chronicles seven decades of Bob McQuillan's contributions to contra music and community. So, you know, yeah. it's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah. And this is going to be taking place on March 13th at 11 o'clock a.m. to 6.05 p.m. Pacific Time. They also say don't forget to spring forward because it's going to be that weekend. And if you are interested in this, we can send you the registration to the... Yeah, we can send uh, you the link. It's yeah, got the schedule of events and everything. Because they said to spread the word, and I'm, man, I'm spreading the word. Do it. Send me the link, will you? I will. Yeah. I it's on our It's on our calendar. We're I didn't registered. get that. I didn't get that link. So, in oh, any event... I had some nice uh, messages from Sandy and from Greg, and uh, I got a note from Larry and from Jerry, and it's nice. It's nice to be able to uh, feel like we've done a little something to add to the the totality that will be the film, or you know that I hope those these guys will get some more of their music up on like a band on Bandcamp or someplace like that, so that other people can hear it because it's it's not really available out there very much. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it as I was transcribing the interview and thinking about my long history with (laughs) with writing articles about local artists it's not just musicians i've uh, there was a period of time that i did uh interviews with artists because i was working for the festival's directory publication and did all sorts of stories about all sorts of artists in the in our local area fascinating thing to participate in the in that world and in our Westminster basement zoom group one of our members is really interested in history and she asked whether our group could talk a little bit about uh, historic preservation and she sent us a bunch of articles and the article that really ignited something in me was talking about historic preservation being the the capturing of stories rather than just buildings or right. preserving neighborhoods, right. that you are actually capturing someone's story. And I realized that I've been in the process of doing that for years. And... I think that one of the things that I love the most about it is that when you're capturing these stories, you are actually involving yourself in the story for a while. You're, it's like you're... Walking around in somebody else's life. Exactly. Yeah. Walking around in somebody's life. Yeah. And I have so enjoyed that aspect of my life. But the other thing that it made me think is that 
how important it is to recognize that there's a period of a person's life that is really packed with activity and that a lot of times when they're older uh, as we are now they're in the process of making a little bit of sense out of all that packed activity part of their life it's not that you have no activity when you're older but I think you necessarily have to slow down a bit so that you can... Like putting together a scrapbook in your brain of of all the things that you've done and seen and trying to give it a shape that creates a recognizable arc of story or something. The reason why I even thought about doing the first album series was because Stanley Greenthal, when I had asked him for a digitized recording of songs of the journey his cassette tape he had said that he had not revisited that album for decades and that he was really delighted to go back to it himself and in a lot of ways i feel like that is what is happening with this album first album series is that not only are the people looking back at a an album that they have not listened to in a long time but they get a chance to and i love the word recollections because you're recollecting parts of your life and putting them into perspective when you're older and i have just been kind of in a a little bit of amazement this week about the that the idea ever even occurred to me to have this first album series that uh, from such a random source and how fascinating and what a richness it has brought to my life uh, just from some little harebrained scheme, you know? <laughs> I mean, it really was, yeah, no. right? Yeah. Sort, of, uh, sort of like, oh, that's interesting. But it's we've been watching Ted Lasso this week. We had not ever seen the series and so enjoying that series. And one of the things that I just loved was when this... Spoiler fi- alert. Well, no, just a statement that was made oh. um, about uh, be curious, not judgmental. And I love that. It's a Walt Whitman quote. And I had not ever even read that or not concentrated on it. But I just feel like there are so many things to be curious about in life. And I'm curious all the time. And when you explore something in in depth and, and really find somebody who's just totally impassioned by something, it is fascinating to listen to them talk. And, and to know what they, why they were attracted to this and what they wanted to do. And I don't know. Yeah, I can't wait to see the film, the documentary about the Canuts. I think that's great. I've also been having, uh, yesterday was a very conversation-heavy day for me. I had a conversation with my brother, which I usually do on Fridays, and, and my, a conversation with one of my dear friends, Shelly, and another conversation with a dear friend, Chris, who now lives in Iowa. And I was just, I was introducing 
these people to Sandy Bradley's music, and they were, uh, man, Shelley just said, I love this, you know? So we have the ability as people to share our, we, we have the ability to share our fears, we have our, the ability to share our judgments, and we also have the ability to share our curiosity and share our joy. And man, I know which side of the fence I want to land on on that. Well, yeah, makes sense. Seems like the healthy way to go. And speaking of sharing our joy, mm-hmm. we are going to actually uh, showcase a couple of the digitized tunes from Foolish Questions that, right. that we were talking about earlier today. All right. And this music is not really available anywhere right now, but uh, we're hoping that it soon will be. So stand by, because they, um, they did three albums together? They did. Uh, they did three uh, recordings but foolish questions was the one that was on lp and the other uh the other two were only on cassette but actually i really want to get i want to ask greg whether he has a copy of the other two because one of my favorite birthday songs is on their one of their cassette tapes which was called happy birthday Mm. and I think I told you that I just love this song. Went, Happy birthday, we wish you many more. Health and wealth and friends by the score. So cut the cake and let's eat some more. Happy birthday to you. And I always thought, man, that should be the new birthday song. Because I never really liked the the one that came into vote. Anyway. Right. the, The selection I have, I just... When I came upon this song again, I thought, oh, my God, I remember this song so well. I just love this song. It's Don't You Go Reaching Across My Plate. And I learned that it was from, uh, that it was a song by uh, Oscar Willis, who goes by TV Slim. So I thought, I'd like to hear what that version of the, the song was like. And it was so funny because I really like the song but the way that Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonders do it it's playful and in the one that TV Slim did it it almost sounded threatening (laughs) don't you go reaching don't you go reaching across my plate like he was gonna sock you in the jaw or something you know that's that's the way it sounded to me I used to get a, you know, I used to get a fork in the elbow if I had my elbows on the table when I was a kid. Well, yeah. Yeah. And we used to have, uh, although you told that story once and your mom said, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I have told the story before that our way of getting our elbows off the table was my mom would say buttons and bows. (laughs) So that way, if there was company there, it would just yeah. be, a, yeah, I see. What you're oh, yeah, and that really was quite, uh, mm. you know, talking along, and then all of a sudden he's saying buttons and bows. Nobody wondered about that. They you didn't? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But I just love it, and I realized that a lot of the reason I love the uh, Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonder String Band is because many of their songs are story songs, right. including the one you 
yes, chose. Exactly, which is called uh, going back to where I come from. I just think it's a wild. It's it's like it's like the whole song is like a roller coaster that's just. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. Tipping, just going around these tight corners, just tipping, just a little. You think it? Oh, boy. Barely lands. That's good coffee. And that's what Sandy's voice sounds like on it. It's like, <laughs> and I just love it. It's just so much fun. So I think we're going to play that one first and we'll, we'll end yeah. with uh, Don't Go Reaching Across My Plate. I do want to say that. But there's so many good songs on this record. Oh, man. Yeah. One of the things that I did not realize is that both Greg and Jerry Canote have written fiddle tunes that have become nationwide kind of part of the fiddle tune canon yeah part of the fiddle tune canon and i yesterday i spent some time listening to the different versions of sadie's on the back porch or something yep sadie's on the back sadie at the back porch no uh sadie at the back door sadie at the back door and um it was really amazing to to see how many people had done this tune yeah. and that they didn't mention that it was the Canotes who wrote it. I mean, that the Jerry Canote wrote it. So it's almost like, yeah, in a way, it must be an honor in some ways that it's almost like it's always it's so been. Much, yeah, so, so much a part of the culture that they don't even acknowledge the songwriter anymore it's just a song that's just always been in the air yeah so jerry wrote that one and uh, greg wrote obama's march to the white house and i also looked up the different versions of that it was quite interesting i don't know yep it's nice to be immersed in the culture that fed us so well when we were younger and sustained us so well. It's nice to be able to to be at a point in life where you can look back on it and celebrate it and preserve it in some way. It's like, you know, you get to wrap these things in amber so that they will stay. Just like, you know, someday, you know, the mud song will be out there and just be out in the wild where you know, <laughs> nobody will know that there was a guy that used to be called the mud man. <laughs> Till it made him sick to his stomach. <laughs> Happy to have that song out of here. Traveling around on its own. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Don't ask for money. That kind of thing. <laughs>
watch his eyes bug out, but chances are he won't believe me. Oh, come on. And he'll do the same darn things when he grows up. Oh, yeah. 